time to unleash chapter 103 of our podcast. On today's show, we have updates on the protests of the French farmers and the Paris Olympics. And fun fact, how to instantly tell if you're sitting next to a psychopath. This is Jeff and Julie moved to France (laughs) during a global pandemic. Okay, next to hanging wallpaper uh-huh. as a couple. Yes. The single biggest threat to a marriage, I believe, is hanging photos. Art- artwork? Artwork. Uh, well, after three years plus in our new residence here in France, we finally picked up <laughs> our artwork from the floor <laughs> and we decided to hang them on the walls. And I'll just be honest, the thing that has kept me from doing this and has dragged on is the fact that most of the walls are masonry and it's just a pain in the butt. Yes, but we did some research, ordered some special bits for your drill, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, you did admit it wasn't such a big deal. No, it wasn't a big deal because uh, you found some Bosch masonry bits that are I think uh, made by God himself. Yeah. And so and you went on a mission. I was a rampage. <laughs> it was, it was a, a picture framing rampage. It was two days, it was a two-day event, full weekend. Two days. The first day you hung nine pieces. And our original bell telephone from Canada. That was the wooden one. Yeah. I we'll think, take a picture of that. It's cool. Yeah, it really... Oh, yeah, that's right. We'll take a picture of the phone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because we brought that from Canada. We have been struggling with a spot to put it. And then Julie, I don't know, sometimes things are so obvious once they're up, but it wasn't <laughs> at the time. And Julie found this spectacular spot in the kitchen for this uh, old, you know, crank phone from the 20s, 10, 19, I don't know, early 1900s. Yeah, it's I don't know. it's got to be 100 years old. Yeah. 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 And uh, so there, it's done. That took a lot because I had to build a template for it. Uh, just hard, yeah, to, that hard was, to explain. The thing is very heavy. Yeah, that that was the most complicated thing. And yeah, then, and then yeah. we, you know, we had some walls that were were not stone, so it yeah. was easy to stoned. No, I said stone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and that was much. You know, it's plaster. It's much easier to yeah. You to bang a nail in and call it a day. But you know, we we actually did well because we decided that we would have to one hundred percent agree on the location of that particular frame before it gets hung. Oh, uh, yeah. You can't mess around with masonry, you know. Yeah. So, we, you know, we went around placing the different things measuring. in different rooms and measuring. And, and I, I'm, very, I'm very happy with the result. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a tiny little corner of Saskatchewan things. Yeah. That, that you were on your own for that one. Yeah. Because I, 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 yeah. we got a beautiful gift from uh, our buddy Barry and Pam who visited last year. And they brought these... Little um, plaques. Little, yeah. Well, yeah. they're they're um, what, what are they? What would you call them? Made out of uh, like almost tile, like ceramic tile, ceramic uh, plaques, Paint, and it's painted. Yeah, of grain elevators, mm-hmm. which is to me that's the description of Saskatchewan. And then I have another old painting uh, that my parents passed on that was uh, original art, I think, from 1960 of wow. a grain elevator. Cool. And so yeah, I'll I'll try and in- include those on the on the Facebook page because yeah. yeah, just 
brings me back home a little bit. It's nice. But, you know, isn't that the way? Like whenever you move, and it doesn't matter how close or how far, there's always a percentage, a small percentage of stuff that doesn't get dealt with for a long time. Yeah, and stays in either boxes or wrapped or leaning against. There was one painting from your mom that was in the barn. I feel horrible, unprotected, but it it managed to... uh, fair the weather and we cleaned it up and it looks gorgeous yeah yeah no we did really really well and and the place looks a little bit more like a home (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah no absolutely and it's funny both both your mom and my mom were artists are artists well your mom has passed but my mom i don't know if she's uh doing much of it anymore but she preferred the watercolors your mom preferred the the oil uh, oil oil base and but they're yeah and they both played the piano like it's really they both played amazing piano yeah, maybe that was generational because they they were were roughly born at the same time. Yeah, yeah, really. And cool maybe thing. that's you know the mm-hmm. the vein that that women were led uh, yeah. into at that time. And boy, to learn the piano back then, you're taking conservatory like there's no Yamaha or Suzuki, you mm-hmm. know, music teaching methods. It was just you work on your scales. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, but their artwork is with us, and uh, yeah, that's that's that fantastic. Fun. And uh, that actually brings me to the French phrase of the day. Ooh, nice and early. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, got to be on your toes. All right. Yes, hanging all these paintings was a lot of fun. Uh, but it, it's just nice to tick things. It's just nice to get things. Yeah, off. after three and a yeah, plus just, years. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, here we go with the French phrase of the day. Thank you. Let me look this over. Oh, boy. This okay. is a citation by Henri de Toulouse-Lautrec. Ah, okay. La peinture, c'est comme la merde. <laughs> ça se sent. Ça ne s'explique pas. Well, I tell you one thing. I would never get it by just you, by listening to it. Mm-hmm. But I think I can figure out which verbs are, are present here, and I think I've got a handle on it. Okay. <laughs> uh, a painting, uh, it's like shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Julie's, by the way. So, uh, a painting is like shit. Um, you, you, can't, you can't explain how it feels. Okay, you're very, very close. Am I? Yeah, yeah. Like, you get a couple points there, for sure. But so, la peinture is more. It's not so much the painting, oh. but it's painting. Oh, painting! Oh, okay. right. Okay. Painting is like shit. You feel it, but you can't explain it. Okay. Okay. I was close. At least I got that verb, sans. Yeah, you did. To you feel. Did. Yeah. Sentir, from sentir. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, sentir could be smell, too. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, so, oh, so which one is it? Well, Did I think it's feeling. I think you feel it. You can't explain it. That's art. Ah. Uh, it's not you smell it. You can't explain it. Oh, that's true. That I would <laughs> make a little less sense. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yes. Yeah, and it's true, isn't it? Like you go into a, a gallery mm-hmm. and you go, no, no, no. Like in my case, no, 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 no. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. And there's no explanation for it. Yeah. It's like music. Yeah, and we we've we've had different styles. Like we've we've purchased some art over time, and sometimes it's it's a little bit more modern. Sometimes it's a little bit more classic. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but something has to speak to you, and, mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily speak to everyone. That's very personal. And you know, here's something funny. And as I mentioned, it's the same as it is with music. But at least with most music, I can understand why somebody likes it. Okay, so I'm I oh. like some country music. Mm-hmm. I, I do, mm-hmm. but I, I don't like it as much as I like, say, jazz or funk. But I can understand why. I cannot understand why anyone likes metal. I just don't get it. And I have many friends who love hard metal screaming. I do not understand it. I don't get how that music moves someone as much as the music I like moves me. I just... Well, again, it's very personal. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Very, very subjective. And uh, the same with a certain abstract art. You know, I tend to gravitate, uh, thanks to my mom's appreciation of art, but I tend to gravitate to the Impressionist masters, the Manets and Monets and Mm -hmm. Rembrandts and that kind of thing. But uh, anyway, art is, it's been fun. We are, I just can't believe how much different and more homey our place feels now. Well, we had naked walls and and it, well, the base of our walls weren't naked because the art was resting there for (laughs) collecting collecting dust and and yeah, for, for three plus years. But yeah, now that we've chosen, you know, unique little places for each one uh, it feels really good it ties everything together and and it makes it more like someone is living in that house guess what else i got done guess what else i got done this weekend mm-hmm. i act orange our fiber provider actually sent us some equipment that worked it's yeah. i know praise be yeah pr- praise, praise be, be. <laughs> i know it's really phenomenal and this was the one that looked the most elaborate because we had one area where we we the, the wi-fi wasn't working uh yeah. it's it's so it's it's so long to explain and the guy on the phone said to julie well why don't you get this little air box which we thought we had for free originally anyway well we do and yeah, and then you can get your TV channels through the air box. And I'm thinking, oh, you got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, in in like four minutes, we had this whole thing rocking. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. And it's also a portable internet provider. Yeah. We can either take it downstairs or we can take it on a trip. Yep. No, it, it works beautifully. And now I have a, you know, a cornucopia of French networks to watch. Yeah. And uh, new cooking shows. Yay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm a happy camper. There's it, art on the walls and shows on the TV. And we also have sort of solved our, like, we we're we we're having a tough time in the basement getting the, the proper Wi-Fi. And this sort of solves that if you really yep. need to, to do some high-level. High yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. We have options there. So anyway, yeah, it's been a good week of just kind of buttoning down this place in, in, in a sense. Yeah. And it feels good. Yeah, we, had, we made a list. We actually made a list of things yeah. that we had to get to, things that we weren't looking forward to. And it felt so good to scratch them off one at a time. There are still some left on the list. But, you know, we're making good headway. So all kinds of things happening in France, as usual. <laughs> and, uh, and and as usual, they, they involve right new regulations because, boy, they just love their regulations here in France. I've never seen anything so regulated in my life. And, I mean, some things are good. Other things are obvious tax grabs. This, to me, sounds like one of them. Oh, are you talking about the, the SUVs? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so apparently there was a vote that was taken, uh, and very few people turned up for the vote. Less than six percent. Mm. So here's the thing: less than six percent of Paris voted for this, and of that six percent, only fifty-four percent voted in favor. And they instantly the the crazy. They're a nutty bunch. The the ones that run Paris. They're they're of the mayor, they're, Mayor they're, Hidalgo. Yeah, they're they're a little nutty. Okay. Uh, and so they instantly adopted it. They say, oh, oh, overwhelming, overwhelming. Yeah. So it, it has to do with um, the cost to park your SUV when you're in Paris. It made headline news because that amount has tripled. Tripled. It is now 18 euros per hour. No, nope, you're wrong. I'm wrong. It's 18 euros for the first hour. Oh, then what happens? Then it goes up exponentially to the point where after six hours, if your car, if your SUV is parked there, mm-hmm. it's 235 euros. Whoa. For six hours. So the first hour is 18 and then up it goes more and more each wow. hour. Wow. And they approved all this. Well, it doesn't apply to uh, taxi drivers. It doesn't right. apply to residents. So I guess it applies to people who are visiting. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to our city. <laughs> Thanks for coming and uh, spending your money here. And by the way, here's a 235 euro bill for the six hours of shopping that you just went on. Didn't we rent a car for an entire week in Lanzarote, yeah. <laughs> Lanzarote yeah. for less than 225 <laughs> it, it, It's correct. Yeah. Wow. Well, that is, uh, that's... Interesting news. Well, d- d- to me, it's the process that that I find uh, a little assailable because you know, okay, sure, you 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 put up a plebiscite or referendum, whatever you want to call it, and I, I guess you don't have control over the six percent. But when six percent of the city is voting and only fifty four percent of the people of the six percent uh, adopted this this bill. I, I, I don't know. You walk in there and go, oh, overwhelming support and, and just yeah. now I, I, I think this is going to wait for the summer. I think they're not uh, bringing it in until September. But I mean, this is this could factor in big time in terms of the revenues that come into the city. Oh, for sure. I think. For sure. Well, you know, now everybody's getting ready for the Paris Olympics. It's right around the corner starting in July, July 26th. So, you know, ev- rates have increased all over the place. There's new legislation regarding Airbnbs, uh, hotels, taxes. I mean, Paris is trying to generate revenue. Time now for another Paris 2024 Olympic update. So the last block of tickets is going on sale this week. Oh, it's the last block? Yes, for the oh, Paris Olympics. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think there are 7 million tickets that have that are for sale, and the last block is being released. Some tickets going for the handsome amount of 990 euros. Hey, this isn't a Leaf game. <laughs> and I think those are for, like, the the... the finales, like, you know, the last Ah. event at Roland Garros or, you know, I think that's when they become pricier. But uh, the the organizers say that about 45% of the tickets that are on sale um, will be under 100 euros. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. It's it's on a a united platform. So as of um, 
Thursday, you can get your tickets at ticket.paris2024.org. And if you've got a Visa card or a credit card, you are you're gold. There's no other way to pay for these tickets. You're gold. I oh, see what you did there. Oh, I'm funny. Yeah. You're not silver or bronze. You're gold. Yeah. Okay. So moments before we hit the record button today, the Olympic medal photos were released. The big reveal. The big reveal. From La Maison Chaumet. Of what the gold, silver, and bronze medals would look like. And they're heinous. Well. Uh, they're heinous. They're simple. Um, yeah. Simply heinous. <laughs> look, it. I, I got to tell you, we're, we're going to put the photos on Facebook, and because they're so awful compared to Tokyo, <laughs> yeah. I'm also going to include the 2020 Olympic medals, which are gorgeous. These ones, <laughs> do you know what they? Do you know what they reminded me of? The first, my, my first reaction to these medals, yeah, was the old CBC logo from the 1970s, which my dad called. The exploding asshole. Because that's, <laughs> that, that's what these look like to me. Mm. An exploding asshole. So I kind of like the fact that they're simple. I agree that they aren't as ornate as the Tokyo Olympics. Um, these kind of remind me of the medals that I um, won when I was in grade school. Um, so, you know, there's a little bit of a back homey feeling there. Um, just, but, but, so there's a bit, I I just have to know, I know it was an all girls school, uh but you still, you, you, you never got pounded as a kid. Very respected. The recipient of the medals ruled. Anyway, um, so um, there is a bit of coolness to these, even though they're not that pretty. So the centerpiece of the metal has iron. The the asshole part. Yeah. yeah, Has iron that uh, was taken from the Eiffel Tower. So oh. each medal has a bit of the Eiffel Tower okay, in its center. That's that's wonderful. Yes. But why didn't they do something nice with it? And then they they sculpted the iron from the Eiffel Tower into a hexagon. You know what that is, right? Oh, you're you're pushing it. What? You know what a hexagon is? Are you kidding me? You don't think I know what a hexagon is? What is it? Hex six. Okay, good. You're right. So it's six-sided. That was so patronizing. (laughs) I just can't even believe it. Not everybody would know that. But but do you also know that France is often referred to as the hexagon? Because of the shape of the country. Correct. Yeah. So they shaped the iron from the Eiffel Tower in the shape of a hexagon. Okay, they still could have done that and then just avoided the exploding asshole part, which follows. Oh, you don't like the rays. No. Right. Rays? Well, look, the, like, sunshine. It looks like, you know what it looks like? A daisy. That's what it looks like. The 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 thing looks like a daisy. It's just boring. I mean... Uh. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It, I agree. They're quite simplistic. Um, Do you know what simplistic means? <laughs> <laughs> Holy, this is not going well. No. So you'll be putting um, the 
Yeah, I'm putting the photos up there. Okay. You, know, you know, you know, it's it's funny. You say, "Oh, it reminds me of my Medal of Honor." You, well, you know what the 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 the, the straps that, that go around mm-hmm. and hook that mm-hmm. reminds me of the straps that I used to get mm-hmm. in school. Mm-hmm. So we we can we come that, from different that spots. That was your Medal of Honor. My Medal of Honor was I think I got the strap three times in public school. Three times. Wow. That's and and by the way, way more respect in my in my hood than some Medal of Honor. <laughs> You'd be able to walk home that day and go, yeah, I got the strap from Mr. Husilak today. Anybody else? Well, Jeff, your mom must have been extremely proud she was. of her boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so will the Olympic athletes that win the bronze, the silver, and the gold. They will be proud to to don those medals. Can they trade them in for the 2020 Tokyo ones if they want to? I don't think it works that way. No, that's unfortunate. Okay, well, uh, check out the Facebook page and uh, see the mess for yourself. Also, um, the numbers of spectators for the opening uh, ceremony have dropped. Like originally... Out of interest or... uh, No, no, no. I think they were talking that they could accommodate 600,000 people. Right. And it turns out that that number has been halved. Oh, that's for security for sure. um, Probably. So 100,000 people have tickets. The other 200,000 get to view the spectacle for free. From further back. From further back. And, you know, it, it, the, the athletes are going to be on boats that are going to be mm-hmm. going down the Seine. They're still going with six that? Kilo- yep, yeah, they're still going with that, although there, there was talk a while back that that was going to change because, because of security concerns. But um, for right now, it looks like they're, they're you know, st- staying steady with, with that program, um, but that fewer spectators will get to see it live. Yeah, I mean, I think that they have initiated a plan B uh, to have in their back pocket, but I really hope this goes through because it will be by far the coolest opening ceremonies Mm -hmm. ever because Mm -hmm. this is is a long train of boats. Yes. You know, that are, I think it's It's 60 or... Six six kilometers of of river that they're, they're sailing down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very cool. And they drift by, I guess they drift by the cameras. Yeah. And uh, I just love it. I think it's the coolest idea. Let's just hope that they're able to uh, guarantee the security of all the athletes. I think that's really important. And if and if not, they're going to have to go to the, the plan B that they broke out here a few months ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what's this talk about the president of the Olympics and, and his salary? So he's an ex-athlete. His name is... Um, Tony, okay, <laughs> Estanguet, and he—I think he was a canoe specialist. All right, and he's been the president of the Olympic Committee for a while. I am not a hundred percent sure, but the, he's the finances are being inspected. Um, there is a cap when you're working for charities, and apparently the, the cap is being bypassed because it's his company, his his mm-hmm. private organization that is um, billing the um, the committee. Mm-hmm. So they're looking into what might be some shady stuff. I mean, the Olympics have always oh. been shrouded in, in you know, conflict and... and Drug scandals and... Yeah, yeah and money passing hands. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, um, he, everybody's very not as surprised. Bad as the wor- not as bad as the World Cup, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's a bit surprised, but yeah, so that's going on. Uh, that's going on, too. Yeah, so we uh, we have been inundated by angry farmers, and you know this is uh, this is one protest that I fully support. I just 
I I have trouble with some of the methodology behind it. Uh, some of the stunts that they're pulling, I, th- I find them just over the top. I think I mean because here's the thing, and we've noticed this in the grocery stores recently. Uh, all you have to do is put those tractors on the roads, not let the uh, trucks hauling the produce by, and you've accomplished your goal because some of the uh, uh, grocery shelves have yeah. been bare. Yeah, G- I took a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julie took a picture. We'll get that yeah. on the Facebook page. Yeah. You went in for just some basics. You went in for some salad, leaves, and milk. Yeah, yeah. nothing. Yeah, it was uh, it was really surprising, and and I'm not sure if this particular grocery store, which is a massive chain, was was targeted on purpose mm-hmm. because of their practices. But you know, the farmers wanted to to go to Paris to make a point. Uh, they're they're having a really hard time making, making a, a living, living. Yeah. and all they really want to do is farm for a living. And and you know what? Some of them have even gone to the point of saying. We don't want to farm for subsidies. We want to farm for a living. Yes. You know, like you know, we we need, you know, our 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 market price, uh, and uh, th- this is what they're. And you see, here's the problem. And you know, our issue with the solar field, if enough farmers continue to have this kind of difficulty farming food, this is what is going to happen. They will mm-hmm. go to the guarantee might be a less amount every year but they're going to go to the guarantee mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of having solar fields uh replace replacing their crops and just taking in that money every year with little or no work right yeah and that's a slippery slope for france yeah and, and we we we're, we're friendly with some some um you know, people who uh, um, that's their they make their living yeah. from agriculture and they were they they traveled um to paris um but there was this Big uproar where 79 farmers were arrested because they were blocking the entryway to the Rungus Market. The Rungus International Market. Have you ever heard of this market? No, I haven't. I have never heard of this market, but it's the biggest wholesale market, they say, in the world. Okay. 234 hectares. 234. Holy. Yes. Five or six pavilions that specialize in, in different types of food. So Can anyone got, go there? No. Oh. No. It's only professionals. You need an attestation, a badge to be able to go uh, and, and shop. Um, the, all, <clears throat> the top French chefs get up super early in the morning to go to the market. Oh. If you are not at the fish market at 2 a.m., you are not getting any fish for your restaurant. At 2 a.m.? 2 a.m. The fish market opens. And the other stalls open throughout the morning. Uh, and it's it's like a, a, a this massive village. There are hotels, restaurants, banks. Uh, y- you know, it, it's a community that is, you know, helping to um, uh, propel all of this fresh food. Uh, and there's this big flower market. I would love to go to the flower market to see all the, f- the fresh cut flowers, the plants. I would like to go to the the cheese and, and milk produce. One area I would give a miss if I was ever on a tour, and I'll get to the tour thing a little bit later, um, is the, the meat market. It, some of the photos that I saw were just really disturbing, oh. kind of like was Dexter. Um, oh, it, I see. You know, I, I don't want to see all the hanging carcasses and body parts and heads and all that stuff. Oh, okay. so I would give that a miss. Um, but, you know, it, it looks it, – for foodies, apparently it's a must thing to do. This this market was, was opened in 1969. It, it was moved from Paris Central 
to this area in order to to expand it. And you can get some tickets to do a tour, a guided tour of mm. of the facilities. You get, you know, all the protective clothing. You get to visit all the pavilions. Uh, you get a, uh, transportation from one pavilion to the next because you can't walk them. It's too Holy. far. Holy. Uh, and the people will pick you up at 4.30 in the morning at your hotel. Huh. Take a, You'll take a bus down to the facility, and you'll see all of the trucks that are delivering the produce and the fish and the meat and the cheeses. Apparently, it's like between twenty and 26,000 vehicles delivering all of these uh, all of this food, and you get to go from each pavilion to the next, and then you get to finish your tour at one of the best restaurants in the facility. No and kidding. You get this big beefy rungus breakfast with fresh, fresh, fresh cheese, and sometimes wine at five o'clock in the morning. Of course, it's <laughs> France. So you're saying that the farmers went to block. Yes. The, the Rungus International Market, and yeah. they were arrested because yes. now that's too. They went too far. Yes, yeah. I see. Because uh, that market feeds fifty percent of of France. So, uh, you know, you you can't be you can't be blocking that kind of supply. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Well, I think the farmers have made their point, but I and I really hope the government does something about it because. I mean, you know, farmers uh, typically have a tough enough time just just navigating weather every year, yeah. let alone markets True. And, and then all of the other difficulties that they've had. Well, the new PM, Gabriel Attal, gave a speech last week, and, and that kind of settled the major unions down. Uh, they, he made some concessions, and he you know, particularly spoke about products that are being represented as French when they're not mm-hmm. produced in France, and they're produced with lesser conditions so that they can be sold more cheaply. So they're going to be cracking down on supermarkets and anybody who's selling food to make sure that the product is authentic. Well, yeah, because that's where the unlevel playing field Mm -hmm. uh, begins and and ends for the farmers here. You know, I mean, if they're competing against stuff that's coming in offshore or uh, and and it's not level, you know, uh, well, how how can you? How, how can, can you? you? How yeah. can you compete? How can you compete? They also have to keep a percentage of their land uncultivated, which they've complained about for a long while. And and back to regulations, mm-hmm. they also have huge water regulations, which to me makes me a little nutty because I understand you can uh, you can overwater, but I mean these the the water they've got an amazing system here for the fields. There's so many rivers in France that they all come from the rivers. It's not like you're it's not like, you know, the it's potable water necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, coming off of the, that. It's water that is being pumped out of the rivers for the farmers and when you put so many restrictions on them that the the crops die in August, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's uh, it's very complicated. And it's not just France. It's EU wide. Mm-hmm. So I think people are going to have to, you know, the powers that be are going to have to take a good look at their regulation and their restrictions to ensure that food production continues. I mean, wasn't it you, you mentioning that uh, there were huge restrictions on vineyards for watering, uh-huh. uh, for watering vines? Yes. So that yes. so the, vi- the the vineyard operators put uh, something in between the rows that rosemary at the top of the hill rosemary at the top of the hill and because you could water the rosemary yep. and then the water trickled on down there's always yep. a way around it but again you know you're 
you're playing with uh, people's livelihoods here, and it's uh, it's it's come to a head. I mean, boy, there were some really angry farmers. I mean, they yeah, were it, so it was, angry was, they were crying. Yeah, it's, it was visceral, like yeah. watching them, you know, being interviewed. It, it's it's palpable. Yeah. There, there's 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 pain, and and something needs to be done. That's right. Well, that is uh, one more thing before we uh, let you go today. I I uh, I found some interesting information here for you, Julie. Uh, in particular, okay, and oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just. This is science now, okay? okay. All right. Just, I, 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 you know, I can't emphasize this enough. It's actually from the Journal of Psych- Psychiatric Research, okay? Oh yeah, you're reading that all the time. I do, I do. I, uh, I'm, I'm up on all this stuff, as you know. Uh, scientists have said that psychopaths yes. <laughs> display a grandiose sense of self worth yes. and a propensity for boredom, which leads to risk taking behavior. But it's very difficult for common people to identify psychopaths around them without thorough research. Hmm. Until now, Julie. Oh, wow. Until now. Okay, go ahead. A study has revealed an easy way to identify a psychopath in the real world. And this is from their hands and their hands alone. And this research comes from the Centre de Recherche Charles Lemoyne in Quebec. Okay. Okay. Okay, tell me. They have claimed that people who have a longer ring finger than index finger are more likely to have psychopathic tendencies. Take Come a look. Come on. Take a look. What am I showing you? You're not a psychopath. Oh, that I'm a full bore psychopath. Ring finger longer than index finger by oh. almost, I'm going to say, three quarters of an inch. It, it oh, lo- yeah. Now, here's the thing. I may be a psychopath, but boy, can I ever pull in a football? <laughs> So the researchers also said uh, that the findings suggest that psychopathy may be biologically rooted. So you see, it's biological, Julie. Yeah, if, you, I, was, if I was still running a business, I would be, uh, during the interview, taking a look at their hands. That's right. Yes, because I don't want to make the, uh, the mistake of hiring a psychopath. But I just want you to know that there, you know what what you married over here. There's no nothing you can do about it. There's no mm. work you can put mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. It's biological. It's it can't be helped. It's 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 science, Julie. Okay. It's in, it's in God's hands. So you can't. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's fine. Fine. So live with it. Live with the the psychopath I, I that have, I am. I have. Lived I know. With it. Yeah. Some people think I deserve a little like monument or award or something. Yeah, that's you. Off you go. Uh, do you want to talk about the fact that you got good results from your tests, your medical tests? Yeah, that's right, too. I did. Uh, very happy about that. Um, you know, uh, we didn't know what was going on in the digestion. I had a, some incidents last uh, July, August uh, that led to this. I was in the hospital. My brother comes for five days out of his life. And you're, you're and bedridden. I, and I'm bed and toilet ridden for <laughs> the, the entire length of time that he was here. Yes. I felt so bad for him. Um, but yeah, the, the test came back uh, very positively. I can still eat whatever I want, although it's probably best that I keep the nut intake and seeds and all. I just yep. kind of watch what I'm doing there. But yeah, no, no, it was, uh, we, we did the uh, endoscopy. So top down, bottom up, colonoscopy, set for another five years. Yeah. And it, uh, it was, again, very different than Canada. Like you had a hospital room yeah. and you you stayed there until the doctor was ready to see you and yeah. to go over your results. Of course, my role is the translator. Ah. And so I go into the room 
room with you yeah. as long as you're okay with that. And the doctor proceeds to, you know, show the images and explain what what happened and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it occurred to me that you have so much trust in me that I'm telling you the right thing. Like yeah. maybe he's saying you've got 10 days, you know, yeah. and, and, I'm, and I'm telling you, no, you'll be fine. Or the other way around. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. oh, no, everything went well. You're going to die. <laughs> And then you know what? This what? also goes to the preparation. Yeah, if which, you've, which is nasty. <laughs> if you've never had a colonoscopy, wait till that day happens. And if you have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The preparation is not what I call a party. I mean, it's, uh, and if it is, it's a party for one. So, you know, you go through all this stuff and, and it was quite different than the preparation on colonoscopies from Canada in the past. Yeah, you had to go on a residue-free diet. For five days prior yeah. to the procedure, which is dust, basically. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you had to take a concoction <laughs> starting three days prior to the and then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, Julie's saying, oh, yeah, and on the day, you're going to need to drink three gallons of water <laughs> at uh, five o'clock and then another two gallons of water at 9.30 at night. And I'm going, uh, and that's when I, that's when it occurred to me. She could be making this up. I could have been making it up, you but could have I been, wasn't making it you up. Could have had, you could have had me running through the gauntlet here. I, I could have, yeah, you have to stand on, on one leg for an hour. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you have to spin around and touch your nose. <laughs> Say closer. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, thanks, for, uh, thanks for being my rock during this thing. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad everything worked out. and uh, it sure did. <laughs> <laughs> on next week's show. <laughs> on next week's show, we have a couple of ideas, but we, we don't want to jinx them by mentioning them now. Uh, hint, one of them is weather dependent. Uh, oh, God. And next week is... Oh, it's the worst day of the year during next week. It's the day that restaurants everywhere overcharge for goofy menus and cheesy themes and wilted flowers. Next week, it's Valentine's Day. Au revoir. So romantic. A bientôt.